Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Neighborhood Watch. It is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. Glad you are here with us on today's program. Which of the four new incoming Big 12 schools has the best chance to succeed long-term and at the gate? I rated them on four factors, coaching, location, recruiting, and home field advantage in football to kind of paint a picture of where these programs are and where they could be headed here in the next couple of years. Obviously, all of them are head of the Big 12 Conference, but furthermore, uh, what could they look like when they do arrive here? How, are they, how can they have some instant success? We'll tackle that on today's show. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel, Crystal Ball College Football. We are on our way to 12,000 subscribers. We need your all's help to get there, so please subscribe to the channel today. Also, you guys can find us uh, on Twitter at NWPod365, uh, now known as X. You guys can also find me on X at Josh Neighbors underscore. If you guys cannot watch the show, you all can find it wherever you all get your podcast. The Neighborhood Watch is the best place for five-plus days a week of serious Big 12 content. Coming your all's way this weekend, we got some previews. We'll have a live chat tomorrow. So a lot of fun coming your way on this very channel and across uh, Crystal Ball College football on this show too. All right, so uh, I've been doing some thinking now about our new members, and we're going to speak to folks who cover all of them. Uh, kind of about what these schools bring to the league, right, in, in 2024 when Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado all come to the league. And so I kind of was going to do it by a Venn diagram and in a way I am, but I found four categories, coaching, location, recruiting, and home field advantage. And some of these do, um, some of these do get woven together in some ways, and I'll explain. But I was thinking about all these schools' statuses as they head into the conference. And, you know, think about who's got the most to gain, who has the most to lose, because think about it in general sense, like the school that's going to lose the most is Utah, at least on paper, Utah is going to lose the most, right? Because Utah is a school that is obviously in the state of Utah, has really found their footing, has won the last two Pac-12 championships, has done so by beating Oregon twice, has done so by beating USC twice. Would not surprise anybody if Cam Rising came back and led that group to another 
Pac-12 championship just because of how it's a, it's a deep, it's a dense top of the league, but people would not be surprised. And they might do that again. Um, but, you know, you think, okay, uh, change of league. Now, I think Utah's in a spot to compete, but their advantage is now they're really comfortable with their opponents. They've done a good job taking out certain teams. They do, think in a, do things in a variety of ways, so I think they're going to be okay. But, I mean, there's no argument that they've found their footing in the Pac-12, and why would you want to leave a place? You know what they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you understand why Utah kind of, in a weird way, has the most to lose because their conference got blown up that they are the top dog in right now and have been for the last two years. Right. So I think that's, that's pretty important. You know, uh, uh, Michigan is a repeating champion. George is a repeating champion in their league. Utah is a repeating champion in their league. And I think uh, it's, it's not Clemson, right? Cause Clemson got disrupted. Obviously they want it, but you know, they, they kind of have that, that feel right now of a team that's kind of used to, uh, you know, uh, winning a lot, but you know, they, they, Utah is one of those, those three repeating champions and so you think they've got a lot to to gain from that, right? So because of that. So uh, in some ways they're taking hits, but also in other ways on this list, think about them. Hey, it's it's kind of a good spot, you know. That um, you think about the programs in the Big Twelve, in the new Big Twelve, you know, there is not a program that is having as much success consistently as they are right now, right? I mean, back to back championship seasons. We talked about this. This league is one that's that's really rotated and. Um, Besides Oklahoma's 2021, look at the last, you know, the, the four teams that played in 2020 and the 2021 championship game. OU had a 10 and three, I think, whatever they ended up. Um, Iowa State, you know, when 2021 went seven and five, right? I think seven and six, whatever they finished at. And then you go to Oklahoma State, obviously, a six and seven year, whatever they ended up being. I forget last season what the exact record was, obviously, but pretty mid, uh, if you will. And then uh, Baylor, same thing too, right? So, um, these schools are not having repeat success and, and Utah showed they could now a different league, right? The highs are a bit higher. The top part of that league is a bit higher, but the lows are a little bit lower. Uh, even, you know, Colorado, we'll see what they do, but the Colorados, the Arizonas, the Stanford's, the ASU's, uh, obviously, you know, Cal has had some down years. Like the lows are pretty low in that league in terms of quality. So that's why, you, you know, you think about, okay, uh, what does it look like when they switch leagues and to a four? It's got no bottom. And I think that actually does kill a lot of teams because there is no bottom in this big 12. So let's get to these categories. Let's go coaching first. This one is there. There's no doubt about this. Obviously the number one that you'd have to say here, it's Utah. Utah is your number one because of the fact that they have Kyle Whittingham, right? Uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham is a guy that has just had, I mean, just so much success uh, we talk about, you know, uh, in coaching, obviously, but obviously and recently too, you wonder, Hey, does he want to be around for the transition? I think he will, but who knows? And he says he does not want to coach forever. And I know from Sirius XM, when I was working on the PAC 12 shows, there were always a lot of questions about, Hey, you know, what is Kyle Whittingham's deal? Does he want to stay on? Does he, does he, does he want to keep doing this? Is this really, you know, how long does he want to keep doing it for? And so the, the question keeps getting asked, but I guess we'll see. But he is the best coach out of the group. There is no doubt about that. 100% stamp it. There, there are no questions. But so we haven't seen Kenny Dillingham coach yet. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'll take my chances with Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Kenny Dillingham might be the greatest coach of all time, but at this point in time, he's barely coached. And even some of the greats get off to rocky starts, as we have seen. Number two, I'm going to go with Colorado. All right, I'm going to go with Deion Sanders because he did have some success at the FCS level as a head coach. So we know he has had success. 
we have not seen success happen. Um, you know, we've not seen success happen uh, at the FBS level yet. And we have not seen success happen for a school like in Arizona uh, under Jed Fish. We have not seen success happen for a school like in Arizona State yet under Kenny Dillingham. So I think number two, just the fact that we have a sample size of some success from uh, Deion Sanders means that they should be number two there. It's going to start storming already. Central Arkansas boys and girls. It's, it's crazy. It's the reason why I also were late today. Uh, I was in uh, hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, I was at a McDonald's doing a uh, promo for a uh, Ronald McDonald house, helping out a good cause. That's why we're late today. Uh, ASU is third. So the reason why I have that is Kenny Dillingham. I know he hasn't coached yet, but I think we like his offensive chops. I think we like his chances to be, uh, you know, a, a coach that knows what he's like. He's kind of the model for what you want, right? 33 years old, young head coach. Was at big programs like Oregon, FSU, and Auburn. Uh, he has coached at Arizona State before. He went to Arizona State, so you kind of put all that stuff together, and you like his chances, especially being an offensive-minded guy. He is a Gus Malzahn guy as well, so that should be interesting. But because of all those reasons, I'm kind of high on what Kenny Dillingham is going to do. And so this is just me saying, this is just my, my take. You all can say, Hey, no different. Cause I don't think Jed fish has done a terrible job, but I think there was always so many questions about how do NFL coaches translate? I do think Jed fish to his credit has done a very good job of getting old Arizona players and, and folks back on campus and getting them out in the media and having them be excited for Arizona football. He's done a good job with that. Will the results be there? Will the results be there for anybody? I don't really know, but Five and seven last year, one and 11 the year before. So it's trending in the right direction. We will see what he's able to do. So, I mean, you'd say, hey, he's got it trending in the right direction. But you never know how some of these pro guys end up doing it, right? It's a guy that, you know, went to the University of Florida. But, I mean, Texans, Ravens, Broncos, uh, you know, Minnesota. Then he went back to the NFL where he was, you know, Seattle. Uh, and kind of bounced between a little bit. But, you know, end up, ends up ultimately coming from the NFL to go to Arizona. I think the jury's still out, different kind of hire. And I've got some questions about also other parts of the Arizona football program with that in a little bit, though. And then also uh, Utah and Colorado, uh, uh, Arizona's last there. So I think Utah's pretty uh, pretty good up front. The re next three, you don't really know, but I feel like Deion Sanders has had some success. And, you know, you see he's doing it with the roster, so you feel pretty good about that. And that's what gets us to our next topic, which is recruiting recruiting i think there's no other way to put this it's going to be uh colorado at the top and actually i should have flipped arizona and utah but arizona's class next year is supposed to be really, really good um you know already it's looking very very strong and i'm just talking about more about the ability to recruit not just about like this is gonna tie into location too which we have but ability to recruit ability to go and get high caliber high quality players and bring them into your program and you number one's got to be colorado right number one has to be colorado because we've seen Deion sanders do some of it we are going to see what he's been able to do in the portal i expect it's going to continue to be very very good we've seen what he's been able to do so far and the results have been pretty good getting those high level players i know the gucci comment wasn't for everybody uh you know or the louis comments you know, i got my louis whatever he said has not rubbed everybody the right way. I don't think it, it didn't rub me the right way either because I still think there were some players in the roster you might want to keep. And so I, I thought it was like short-sighted just in the sense of, hey, what if there are a few guys that you think, uh, my staff could develop him. I'm telling everybody to go get in the portal. Maybe not the number one move. Maybe not the move I would have made if I was a coach, but I'm not a coach. Uh, Arizona State's number two because you are going to be 
uh, you know, obviously in Phoenix and Colorado getting back into to Texas is going to be huge for them. I think it's pretty good access, pretty easy access for them. So I feel like it's a, you know, it's, it, it's not like it with that, with they, if they still have an exciting coach, they're going to be in pretty good shape. ASU is number two and Arizona's three because of location being a nice, beautiful, warm Arizona. Utah is beautiful too, but it gets a little bit colder there and the vibe and the aesthetic is different at those places. So if you match like a Kenny Dillingham type young guy energy with a beautiful place like Phoenix on a great campus uh, and all the other things that ASU has to offer, I think you're in a pretty good spot. At Tucson, people don't love as much, but I still think it's a really nice place to go to school. Uh, I have friends who went to Tucson. They love the experience and it was very, very nice. You're still in beautiful, warm Arizona, right? And, but um, I, I think Arizona State wants football to be number one there. At Arizona, basketball is number one. And they'll enjoy football if it goes well, but basketball is the number one at Arizona. And I think that's kind of what everybody thinks about when they think about Arizona, you know, major athletics. That's what you think of. So I would put them. And then Utah, you know, you don't know how that's going to look because now, you know, maybe some of your access is going to be cut off to, you know, place in the West Coast, but you could still recruit Texas well. You have the LDS connection. So what's, you know, I know once again, State University, so not like technically LDS, but they're in a place where there's a large LDS community. So that is a part of what they are doing there. Uh, so I, I think the recruiting is going to be more interesting to me, but if we're talking about like combination of the location um, plus like, you know, what the school offers like program wise, talent development wise, Utah does offer you more than Arizona does at this point in time. I feel pretty confident in saying that, but also you think about, okay, well, well location and also they, they pro coaching still at Arizona as well. Think about those things. Also, you know, proximity to Texas could be pretty even, but if you're going to get a warm weather kid and say, hey, where do you want to come play? Arizona's more of the warm weather choice. And that does get me next to location. Once again, you all don't have to agree on these things. And I'm actually, I'm open to thinking differently about them myself. Location. Arizona State is number one. Arizona's number two. Colorado's number three. Utah, number four. I actually thought about putting Colorado ahead of Arizona because Boulder is a crazy place, but that's also for good and for bad. I mean, th there is some downfalls to Boulder. It's just like such a nice place to go. And there's going to be a little bit of that relaxed attitude in Phoenix and, and, and also in Tucson, but still like, it's still just a nice place, but Boulder has got like that stoner thing going on. I know a lot of kids went to Boulder and, and could not handle it. Not saying these kids are, but if they get to become rock stars, it's not going to be an easy place to be a rock star, but still it's, I mean, it'd be a fun place, but I, I think it's not an easy place. If you're like, Hey, put these college kids in there and hope they thrive and do very well. I think you'd be a little bit concerned maybe about some of the, uh, the results. That's any big school. Right. But I, I think especially if that football program takes off like it might, you might be concerned about some off field things, but still locations. It's fantastic. But the, uh, you know, if you're talking about recruiting kids from Texas and, and, and these places, you know, kind of in the same area as everybody's recruiting Arizona state is number one because of Phoenix Arizona Tucson is not quite bolder, but I give it the warm weather advantage. Um, Colorado, but once again, like if you want to argue for Boulder, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Utah last, not saying Salt Lake City is a bad spot, but it's a bit colder. It's a bit further away, right? And in terms of climate, it's not quite the same climate. So we're talking about location. Uh, Rice, you know, we'll get the stadiums here in a second, but just terms of location, location, uh, that's, that's the way I would go. And then home field advantage. Utah is number one. Rice Eccles Stadium has to be the number one in all of this because of the home field advantage they've built it into. Those fans are rowdy. It's a fantastic night atmosphere. So because the program's on the up and up, because they built that fantastic atmosphere, because you can just feel it when you watch games there. The thing is, like, 
Utah might be in the mix for other categories or it might be down other categories. Their number and two of the four things that I have selected here, they are number one with a bullet, right? They're number one with a bullet in coaching. And they're also number one with a bullet in terms of home field advantage. Now I'm curious to see Folsom field is going to be a tougher place to play. It has been in the past. Uh, let's see if they can make it once again, a tough place to, and I forget what is it still Folsom field, but uh, you know, they've, they've sold a lot of tickets this year. People are very excited this year. Let's see if they can maintain that momentum and turn that into that strong home field advantage they're hoping to get to. I think they can, but not positive. I don't think we're positive yet about if they could. Arizona State, you know, it's tough for them. When you think about Arizona State, um, you know, and, and, they're, and I know they just renamed their, their stadium. It is a nice stadium, but if you think about, like, one issue they have is they have to play all of their first few games late at night. Now, it's not, like, super late out there. But it's 9 Central, 9.30, 9.30 for the first three games. And USC is Saturday, September 23rd. Now, it's good for the Big 12. They can play all these late games. But also, too, like it does, does make for a different kind of atmosphere. And the atmospheres have not been great. Now, maybe they turn up. Maybe, maybe they get better if the program you know, gets back. But they've got to get that thing back first. It doesn't feel like ASC right now is an incredibly daunting place to go and play at recently renamed Sun Devil Stadium, whatever the hell it is. And I don't think you'd get too much fight from people at ASU, right? I think like all of these are contingent upon the program getting back to where they are, the last three especially, uh, mostly the middle two. But I think I would take Folsom Field and Colorado because uh, I've seen that place full of scenic. It could be a tough atmosphere before. Arizona State, they've had some good years, but they, they have not gotten the, I think, home field advantage uh, situation that I think, you know, Colorado can and, and, and could. The last one's Arizona, right? I mean, uh, you know, I forgot the, uh, let's see, Arizona football stadium. I forgot the name of the stadium. Uh, State Farm, uh, no, that's, that's the one they play in. That's Tempe, excuse me. Um, uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, Arizona Stadium, good old Arizona Stadium. Yeah, this one's just like, it's it's generic. It is cookie cutter. It is not a fun one. Uh, you know, they, I think they took down, they've got the, uh, let's see what the capacity was, um, for this stadium, uh, 50,800. So not a massive one. And also like, it's just, it's look, not saying the stadium's bad, but it's, it looks pretty cookie cutter. And also too, like, it's not a place to get, it gets filled a lot. Jed fish trying to get some more momentum there. But if you're asking like best basketball venues now in the big 12, I will posit to you the McHale Center could be argued as number one right up there with Fog Island Fieldhouse. If you've not watched uh, the way the McHale Center feels and looks during Arizona games during Tommy Lloyd's tenure, you're not paying, you need to go pay attention because it is unbelievable. But football, Arizona is definitely last. So when I think about all of these, which Big 12 school has the, the you know, has the, the advantage, or which rather Pac 12 school has the biggest advantage? as they as they join the big 12 i would say that the school with the most advantages is utah because they're winning right now they have the best coach it looks like they have the best home field advantage it looks like right they're the most set up program they have a lot going for it they might not recruit but they don't know they always you know they've actually recruited pretty well but like i think as of late but they're a developmental school they have been so good at developing all of this talent and they come and they get these guys uh, and you know, they've done a great job, you know, the Bernards of the world, right? Uh, obviously we've seen, you know, Cam rising flourish there at Utah tight ends. They've had, uh, there as well. They have been more of a developmental program. And so they have got that advantage and, and those programs do thrive in the big 12. We've seen Kansas state thrive. We've seen Oklahoma state thrive. 
in the Big 12 Conference. Those developmental schools uh, can survive, to use the world, words of Hank Williams Jr. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you all send your questions for tomorrow's live chat. We'll do the live chat tomorrow at around, I think, 1 is when we're going to do it. So live chat tomorrow, 1, bring your questions, uh, bring that wood, as, as uh, the Arkansas team said a while ago. Get ready for that. It'll be fun. Make sure you all follow us on Twitter at nwpod365 you all can find me at josh neighbors underscore you guys can find the show wherever y'all get your podcasts and you guys can find us on youtube please subscribe to the channel it really does help us and we'll actually have some thoughts on conference realignment tomorrow as well all right folks talk to you tomorrow